All right. Welcome, everybody. Episode 13. Mike, we've been here for 13 whole episodes, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 13 is a, is a long time in AI years. <laughs> yeah. It's like two and a half decades. <laughs> AI years. That's yeah. what we're getting to now. Indeed. So, uh, awesome show lined up for everyone today. Big news coming out of OpenAI. And this this episode actually is really good timing because the previous episode, which we're actually going to launch alongside this one, was a in-depth comparison of three different image uh, large language models. So today, OpenAI has announced Sora, which is their text-to-video model that just came out. Pretty mind-blowing. The sample demo uh, footage looks absolutely pretty good. So we're going to get into it. We're going to analyze it. We're going to talk about our thoughts. Mike kind of got punked by it. We're going to talk about that. It's pretty pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, so yeah. Why don't let's let's jump right in, Mike? What what happened? Tell us tell us about your experience when you started testing Sora. So what were you trying to do? I understand that you. You're obviously like a screenwriter, right? So you, you're you writing a bunch of stuff. And the the test was to say, hey, I have a bunch of material and let's see if this thing can make something out of it, right? So yeah. before we get into it, maybe like, let's just talk about what this thing is supposed to do. Sorry to back up. Well, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit excited to get into this. So yeah, we were, as we've discussed in a previous podcast, we're you know concerned about the way that AI is going to handle video, right? So yes. it's like, there's all these factors and actors and people who are getting paid to do this stuff now then all of a sudden their jobs are at risk and there's obviously that but you know coming off the heels of last week's episode where we literally were typing in prompts and couldn't get it to do these very nuanced things or got results completely different based on a comma or apostrophe all of a sudden AI, uh, open ai announced this launch of this product and we were like whoa like these images are so much the, the video is so much better than the images it was it was unreal how how good the quality was on the images the videos that were being generated from a text prompt and the text prompt looked pretty basic it wasn't anything that was you know complex and so um in preparation for the podcast i said i'm gonna go use this uh, i have to i have to get on it and see what it's gonna do because i if i can you know, type a paragraph and see a video of what I just typed. Like this is a game changer for, for somebody who likes movies and wants to write movies. Yeah. This is, you know, I, I don't have to involve anybody else. I can just do this myself. Like that was a very exciting moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, what really struck me was the, the lack of, of detailed prompt. So the prompts that, that, um, we see during the demo here are, are pretty basic. So for example, prompt several giant woolly mammoths approach treading through a snowy meadow. Their long woolly fur lightly blows in the wind as they walk snow covered trees and dramatic snow cap the mountains in the distance. Mid afternoon light with wispy clouds and sun high in the distance creates a warm glow. The low camera view is stunning, capturing a large furry mammal with beautiful photography depth of field. Um, however, there appears to 
be, I thought it was an avalanche at first coming behind these woolen mounts, but I guess they're just like multi-ton beasts. And as they walk through the snow, there's a lot of disturbance yeah. and, 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 yeah. and like, uh, you know, snow. I, I would talk. It was impressive. It's impressive. I, know, I was not even being critical in any way, shape or form. I was just like, oh, my God. Like I was watching the videos completely raw without watching any of the looking at the prompts or anything. I was straight up just AI made these videos like I was looking for. I started off. I was like, oh, that girl's legs are too skinny. And when it started, but it was like nothing prepared me for the shock of seeing it that realistic well what is from, nailed from the prompt yeah it was like and this this one with the space dude prompt a movie trailer featuring an adventures of the adventures of a 30 year old spaceman wearing a red knotted knitted wool motorcycle helmet blue sky salt desert cinematic style shot on 35 millimeter field so so film so like this guy looks like he looks completely real. Um, so that is quite wild for sure. They definitely have, have dialed the, uh, the whole thing in substantially. So, so in preparation, I said, wow, I have a million different ideas. I'm going to just prompt chat GPT to give me a prompt to write a video the way that I want it to be based on. And it was like this kind of formulaic prompt where I just said, okay, like it said, like enter your product. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like I'll just going to put stackability AI in here and I'm going to see what it comes up with. Right. I want to see what they think it is. Who knows? Right. And so I put that in and it gives me this script and the script was, you know, pulled from th some things from our website and it was this glowing glowing script about how you know good we were and the things we were trying to do and like as if i had somebody had just stolen the ideas out of my head i was like this is this is sharp i like this i, I wouldn't change a word you know so then i'm like okay like generate the video and the video comes up and it says you know here's here's a link to your video you've been rickrolled. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then I clicked the link and it's literally Rick Astley singing, never going to give you up, which is absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um... <laughs> I just, you know, to me, that just strikes me so perfectly funny that it's, and I just recently watched this vice episode about like, the how it was made and it was about rick astley and the and the song and it was like he wrote the song had a big hit went into obscurity because he only had the one song really and then in the 90s or actually in the early 2000s when people started using email they would create a link and say, hey, you know, like, here's some pictures of my family, click this link. And, you know, people back then were naive enough to put, you know, to click the button and uh, they clicked it and it would take them to the video of Rick Astley. So he had a resurgence and his whole, you know, he had so many more record sales, CD sales, all this stuff. And so he had a second, that was his second rising. And then recently, probably about a year ago, Rick Astley was touring again and was in a town that, that the Foo Fighters were in. And 
<laughs> he wound up going to the Foo Fighters concert. The security knew who he was, so they took him to the side of the stage. And what Rick Astley didn't know is that the Foo Fighters do a version of Never Gonna Give You Up as their sound check in their Nirvana, Nirvana style. And that's one of their soundtrack songs. So Dave Grohl looks over at Rick Astley and then he like in the middle of like, while well, they're in the middle of a jam, he walks over to the side of the stage and says, you know, Hey, do you want to come out and sing, sing a song with us? So he comes out and sings, never going to give you up with a Foo Fighters playing a Nirvana version of the song. And that became the next Rick roll, Rick Astley return. So that's incredible. Yeah. So, so the idea that you know he's getting Rick rolled by you know an AI company is like a, a you know that's kind of cool. Like I, I have a fondness for the for the joke. It's a long joke. It's a, like a forty year joke, but it's like a, I appreciate that. Yeah, I wonder how <laughs> it's many the first time I was like, <laughs> I, I wonder how many people are actually going to get it. A and B. I wonder how many people are actually going to get that response. So, did you try different? I haven't tried this yet. But have yeah. you have you tried different prompts to see if it will give you something? Oh yeah, and it rip rolls said, you yeah, every time. Sh- every time, every yeah. time, <laughs> every time the link says the same exact thing. It's just like here. I'll, I'll read it. It's like the video has been generated and is accessible during the following link by following this link, and it, the link is Rick rolled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, so, it, and it opens it opens you up to a seven second video of never going to give you up. Amazing. So. Um, so two things, one, this is, this is still in testing. I, I don't think that this was really like an official, official launch from what I understand. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. So, you know, that's definitely part of it. And, and two, like you got to imagine the amount of usage. This is, this is, uh, undergoing right now. Generating. So, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a it's a amazing marketing ploy. Like it's it's brilliant. Well, because it's like yeah. anybody who was, you know, apprehensive, you know, has gone in and put in their dreams, hopes and aspirations into a prompt. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just more data they got, yeah, but exactly. it's a uh it's interesting to see that to and also to know that we're probably 6 months away from it being possible anyway you know we're not we're not that far away it's not like they just showed us a picture of the of the distant future you know the people i i can say since we started the podcast not because we've started the podcast but just because of awareness more and more people are starting to look around and that i've talked to not have brought it up to me that they're they're starting to get concerned <laughs> yeah. about some of these things you know it's, sure it's it's happening before it's happening faster than anyone could predict and that's the thing with moore's law it just it keeps building on itself exponentially it doesn't it doesn't go from two to three anymore or to, from, you know, two to four to four to eight. It, you know, we're in the billions of um, cycles of that in terms of technology. So it just it's just going to accelerate at a pace that is like warp speed. Yeah. It, I mean, it, think about the things that have changed in a year. It's, in it's one year. I've never seen anything like it. Last last year feels like 10 years ago. So 
it's it's exhausting but really like amazing all at the same time so one thing that i that i noted here is yes so let's let's talk about this if we look through some of these 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 um videos here so one thing that is amazing is the quality the camera angles are fantastic the particle rendering is amazing so let's let's pick this thing apart here so yes for sure things are moving very fast people are definitely starting to become more and more aware i think that 2024 is going to be a monumental year for this sort of thing for ai in general for generative ai i think that you're going to to really see monthly releases here with really cool stuff happening but let's talk about the practical applications of this so this video capability text to video from what i understand we're dealing with something that can produce like a minute's worth of video footage which is cool but that's only going to go so far so if we're talking about really like how does this disrupt disrupt like an industry how does it make a movie like it can't right now so to go from one minute to a feature length film i'd be interested to see how that that really progresses Another thing looking through these, if you really focus on on the footage and some of the things that are happening, I think there's definitely hallucinations, you know, like the the text, like I'm looking at this shot of a of an old Range Rover and it says Danover on it. So, you know, I like there's gonna have to become a point here where they can A solve for hallucinations and B like get text rendering correctly. So that's going to be a huge thing for any video, really. Like, I guess you can kind of get away with it for still photography and photos because you can always go into Photoshop and you can fix that stuff. But for video, like you need to have complete confidence that it's that it's not going to hallucinate and you're going to get text correct. Well, you know, I, I think that you're right in terms of things that matter. But it, there are probably some copyright things where, you know, if you were doing a scene with a gas station, they couldn't use Getty or they would have to pay for Fillings. it or whatever. So like so like most if you think about in movies, most of the signs or the things like you they only show you the ones that matter. You know, so it's like if 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 you pull up to a gas station, I'm not like reading the sign at the gas station unless they you know, pan into it. You know, mm-hmm. so I think like in a in a film perspective, the way to think about it is so if I'm writing a 90 page script about a, it's a romantic comedy, basically, I know that it's a page a minute. So if I can create 90 related one minute images, one minute, you know, shorts, I've basically created a movie. Yeah, you know, because it's you know a page a minute. Each minute is yeah. You, know, you just make the each minute a scene. We're kind of used to that cadence now because you know uh, Instagram videos are a minute and everything is minutes with the shorts on YouTube. Everybody's in a minute mode. So if you just get into the that idea of writing that every one minute is a new scene. Or you could continue the same scene and do it for another minute if you have to, or if you know if it's something that's happening that you could extend. 
if they could do one minute videos, it's not going to be long before it could do 90 or 120 minute videos. And this is where it affects the film industry. And you know, we were talking about that earlier. The, the filmmaker, you know, for me, from a writing perspective, this is not all bad. You know, the thing that I like about the movie making process is writing. Like the rest of it is just garbage. It's like waiting around, a bunch of people moving stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, can we fix this, you know, scene a little bit and change the, okay, I like that, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, go in there. Let's rework a scene. Let's make something cooler. Let's make it funnier. Let's make it, you know, it's not quite the way we thought it was going to be. That part's awesome. But that's the stuff that I do naturally. So for me to be able to write words and then type them into, you know, a prompt and get to see my vision and then to get other people to possibly see my vision of the story that I'm trying to tell the way I want it to be without having a director and other actors and all that stuff. Like that's kind of sexy to me. Mm, you know, that's why yeah. I was, I was, I was excited about getting into it and then I got Rick rolled. So it's like, it's perfect. It's full circle. Oh, so, I mean, it, is so it, it still does it just like the movie business. It screws yeah, you either way. Exactly. It's pretty funny. I, you know, you can't make it up. So no. yeah, I, I really can't wait to see how this plays out because now we have yet another creative medium that can potentially just the the time to market has been drastically shortened. And I always compare it to technology affecting music, you know, a decade ago when, or not even whenever, when you could just, it was so much easier to make music because we had technology, we had advanced um, DAW recording setups we had the ability to just make and distribute music much easier than in the past. And that made it really hard for any artist to really, you know, make and promote the music. It was really not like making it was, it was obviously much easier. What happened was it was very hard to promote it and get people to watch it. So we have mm-hmm. this same thing unfolding on so many different levels because of AI. And I think that's really, to me, where the conversation is. It's great. Like, this is cool. Um, I think that it's impressive. But I'm very much having a hard time wrapping my brain around where it where it goes in terms of, like, real, like, scale and people, like, making real money off of it, right? It's one thing to say, hey, I want to I use this to create like a short or like a promo video. Awesome. Maybe that's the use case. Maybe that's, maybe it finds a little home there. You know, maybe to your point, you make 60 of these things and you edit it together. That's like the short term before, you know, the long-term vision is, Hey, here's a whole entire script. Go for it. Boom. You know, it's very similar to you know, in some cases what certain um, people are doing with, automated um, agent swarms where you basically have a bunch of uh, GPTs, a bunch of AIs working together and they all know their role in the system. So you can have a, a producer, you can have a set of actors and they all know 
their their roles in the project in the script in this case in the movie so you could you could go ahead and load them up right and then say okay this is your this is your role you're actor a this is your role you're actor b okay you're the director i'm the writer they're their own they're all their own ais and the end product here is is like a distributed creation of a movie right well, you know, it's it's funny because as you were talking about it, I was imagining in my head how I would use it or how it could be used. And, you know, I think that it's smart to design the ideas to be a minute or two minutes. I think, you know, we're being trained by these videos that we watch now where, you know, we scroll you know, through Instagram and their one minute videos, two minute videos, three minute videos. We might not last the three minutes, but it's there if, you know, if we want in-depth analysis of something and that, you know, our attention span has been consistently sliced and sliced and sliced from, you know, the movie to the mu music video to the one hour of television when MTV started, you know, we'd see 20 music videos or 15 music videos and how many commercials, you know, just dicing up our time and our attention span. I have a friend um, who has a, a an Instagram series um, called Greg in LA. It's awesome. It's so funny. And they're, they're only on Instagram. I think they actually might have put it on YouTube now, but they're 30 something episodes, three seasons, like going to start the fourth, fourth season. And it's, it's written for Instagram. So it's one minute, maybe three minutes, possibly tops. You know, you have to like click to keep watching, you know, for, uh, for a three minute video or something. It's great. It's funny. It's everything about it is great. So it's kind of cool to be able to like, if you wanted to check it out tomorrow, you could binge the whole thing in a half hour, three seasons worth of information in about, you know, maybe an hour, say maybe an hour, but. I think our attention spans are changing. So if you thought about writing movies in one minute increments, you'd probably get to tell the same story in a shorter amount of time than you want. Like, I don't think people want to spend two or three hours in front of a movie watching it unfold slowly. You know, I think people, you know, I find that myself with, you know, audiobooks or whatever, I don't, I, you know, I look at a length of it. The same way I used to look at the length of a book, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it just, oh man, it's, I got to read 500 pages, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, now I'm like, oh man, I really want to watch Oppenheimer, but it's like three hours. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't really want, it's my first determinant <laughs> yeah, on whether sure. I'm going to watch it or not. So I do think that you're right there. It's a good point. And it's also very obvious that this is like the whole thing is just going to change humanity and, and society right like, it's just it's just an extension right. of that conversation we haven't had it in a while but like i think that each time we get like a big release like this it's just going to be more and more obvious that like things are going to completely change here very soon when all of this stuff starts to come together this is this is just the the technology that's being like reported on because this is like sexy Right. It's like this is the stuff that can really get the general population's attention. But if you even go a little bit deeper below the surface, then you're going to start to come to the things 
like I was talking about before with the agent swarms and, you know, automated AIs. And like it really starts to become crazy when you put all this stuff together, right? It, it, it's awesome on its own, these individual pieces, but when it, when it all comes together is, is really when we're going to have an insane thing happen here. So, well, I, I hate the word swarm, right? Like the word swarm just like brings like chills down my spine. Yeah. It's a bad name, uh, but that's, that's, but that's what they're called. I mean, that's what it's called. All I'm saying is that it's like when I have my own ideas about the way things are going to go. And we talked about it when we, before we started the podcast that we want to make sure that we try and spin it as positively as possible, you know, and think about things, but you know, there are general realities that are very hard to get our brains around when you think about this technology changing things so much and so much money being put into it. Sam Altman just is trying to raise $7 trillion to do a new chip making manufacturing seven yeah, trillion it's, dollars it's, like it's fucking bonkers you could raise that i mean like that's a well, number you, yeah what? i mean that that it's, that alone just the fact that he's trying to do that speaks volumes to what is happening here nobody like i don't nobody is even I mean, has every anybody even tried to raise a billion dollars? Like, I mean, like that. Right. Even it's, that, it's like <laughs> you're fucking kidding me. But like, and then it's not like one trillion; it's like seven trillion. Yes, yeah, it's seven not even trillion. It's, what? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, it, like where? Did, this is part of the thing. And I remember very, very specifically one night, Austin, and you and I were sitting on your on your back step. And you said, like, well, who's going to do all the work? Like, you know, what? who's going to pay for all this? You know, and it's like these numbers now that they're they throw around. It's like, you know, it doesn't it's it's monopoly money. It's like it's not real. Like none of this money no, is real. It's like, not. You could think you have money, but it's like they throw around a number like seven trillion. I mean, I remember when Google first started and I was with a, a friend and we were like, oh, what's this? You know, the Internet was just kind of beginning and it was like Google. And I'm like, what's a Google? Like, what is a Google? And it's like this number. It's an actual number. But it was like never heard of it. Yeah. You know, the trillion was fantasy land. I mean, like when you see that stat about like what the difference between like a million seconds and a billion seconds, it's like, you know, and, and now you go from a billion to a trillion. It's like if you did that in seconds, a trillion seconds is probably like 10 light years. It's, you know, it's like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. So what does money mean? Like, you know, how many fucking zeros you want to put on the thing? Well, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, is, yeah. Like it, it, uh, well, if you think about it, if you really unpack this, okay. Now say like, how do you, how do you raise that much? You probably say you can't, maybe you can, I don't know. Like there's some crazy things that happen in the world and there's people with, with a lot of money. So like, um, I, I can't visualize what $7 trillion is. However, say that you can use AI in the near future to have a trillion dollar company, one trillion, but you only have like one or two people running it, right? You do that seven times and I mean, you can get most of your money right there, right? So it's a combination of that. That's like the thing, like the unlock, the, you're, you're unlocking human productivity to an exponential rate 
and you're solving you're solving the time problem considerably. So time is money. If if that isn't the case anymore, where my time is in such a money suck, then I can do it. I can I can do whatever I want, right? So I can I can build a company off of one person, right? And and give it a trillion dollar valuation. You know, that's part of that's part of one way that you could probably make that kind of money. Is he gonna do that? Like, no, he'll probably get a bunch of like accelerationist type, you know, venture capital funds to just give like you know, right. raise, raise the money that way. Um, when you talk about that kind of money, it's but, it's it it's the uh, planetary. I mean, I think the global economy is fourteen trillion dollars or something, you know. And what does that actually it, even right? mean? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's half the global economy. This is what I'm saying. Like these numbers are, are getting so ridiculous, and there's so many factors that are not even taken into consideration at, while while this is happening. So it's like there's got to be some outside force, like like pushing this where, I mean, See, where, like, where, where's the urgency? Like, well, what, here's the thing. What dude, is, where is, did that urgency come from? This is like, where it gets, yeah, this is where it gets really, really hard to apply like normal thinking to, because I think it's like, there's probably two things at play here. One is a lot of showmanship. It's like, it's part of the go. And I've always said that this is part of the go to market strategy with, with guys like Sam Altman and opening eyes. It's like, you know, the mo- the more like insane shit you say, like the media is going to the media is going to eat it up. So I'm not saying that that SOAR isn't impressive. It's definitely impressive. But, you know, you, you have to he can't you, you can't get to say everybody wants AGI and AGI is like the end goal here. Like we clearly just can't get to it. So you have to basically drip out. So two things. A, you can't just get there. If you, even if you could, you can't just deploy that into hum- humanity like immediately because it's going to sh- scare the shit out of people and your experiment is probably going to fail. So you need to do this incrementally, but you also have to do it incrementally enough with big enough impact and bang because of the way that people, modern humanity is and people just have very short attention spans and each time you release something, it has to be bigger and better than the previous time. So I think that's part of the strategy here. And, you know, I think the $7 trillion raise thing is probably just part of that as well. Like, I think that, yeah, yeah. there's definitely, if I was to say, okay, fine, if I had $7 trillion and I was Sam Altman or any of these guys, like I probably would be looking to build an advanced energy solve because you you can't have any of this crap without abundance of energy and the fossil fuel infrastructure that we have now isn't going to support a modern AI driven world. So you need some like hardcore energy solves here, like pretty soon. Right. Um, yeah. And and processing like GPUs, like it's a whole other one, but at the end of that, like you can't do that at scale without like solving the energy problem. So you got to think about that that's yeah. why I think a lot of this is kind of bullshit in a lot of ways, because like who is working on that? Like there's no, there's nobody out in, I mean, they're pretty, I would hope that there is because if not, this would all be a complete joke. Like we we're all getting massively punked right now. If, if no one is like really like trying to work on that piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I think, I think they are. And I think, you know, hydrogen and some kind of a combination of, you know, hydrogen and zero carbon kind of, 
products are going to come. I think nuclear is going to be a big factor. It, it's one of these things that everybody's afraid of because of, you know, a couple of incidents where actually nobody died or, you know, like when you look at the real numbers, you know, and the, and it's also 80 year old technology now compared to what they're doing now in South Korea, putting in a, a nuclear power plant every, every other year or faster actually. But, you know, so there's, there's, definitely some things that are power solution but i think i said it in one of our earlier podcasts it was like if you know you took a nuclear power plant and we're just using that only for just for open ai you solve the problem and it's like a nuclear power plant would you know not only satisfy the need of that but could also make the money back in the local area that you know the servers were in and you know you have a very viable business model that would probably cost you about 8 billion you don't need 7 trillion for that right they're trying to recreate taiwan by building a, a chip factory from yeah, scratch manufacturing you know, it's, yeah it, it's yeah i mean chips so robots i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean seven, seven trillion, trillion probably it's, isn't it's, enough you all they, they they said a stat about something that it was it, you know the global economy and how much of it it was but then also like oh and they would make it back in like you know five years you know oh like, that's the thing yeah. that's, so that's a yeah. that's a fantastic point because it's like yeah seven trillion is a lot of money but like the profits that are um on the table here is they're just my like they're just completely unfathomable if you just look it's at it's a shell game they can't make new money i mean like there's yeah. only a certain amount of money right so they just move it from one company to another it's really all this their money you know and it's you know the the, the 1% of the 1% are the ones who are in charge of all of it you know, yeah. we think we got out of this royalty system, but it's now no, it's just corporate. It's, it's you know, it's it's, com- it's going to compound even harder. I mean, just look yeah. at what's going to happen with like if you just take the pharmaceutical in- the industry alone. To go off on a tangent here, like obviously we're not talking, we like we really aren't talking about pharma, but like say when that industry gets AI unleashed on it, and you already have platforms ready to go that previous like covid weren't even you know in existence you 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 sprinkle some ai on there and you you start coming up with like you know novel um solutions to diseases and i mean like (laughs) you know how much money it's just going to be it's just going to be so much profit alone right if you combine all of this technology together and especially in places like the United States where everybody is just like drugged all the time on on like medications and so like it's just going to it's just going to be wild man it's wild well there the, the things that are really cool <clears throat> in science is the way that it could process data and deliver results and possible solutions yeah exactly <clears throat> it's unmatched unmatched and i think that that's where you know that's going to be amazing because you're going to be able to put in symptoms put drop a blood whatever the hell the interface is but it's going to be able to pour through a data set and give you percentages on everything that's your possible for mm-hmm. you to might have you know and solutions that are not necessarily in big pharma's best interest but you know that's that's almost like a utopian view because big pharma will be paying (laughs) for the for this thing and it'll probably keep spewing out the same stuff but what i'm seeing is that people are 
not buying into the mainstream ideas of thinking anymore, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. I don't know if I'm completely convinced in that yet, but I, I'm hopeful because I'm I'm like, you know, witnessing a lot of independent journalism that I think is really important. But, you know, I live in New York City and I see still just a lot of people that are complete zombies and can't really see yeah. outside of like the narrative of a city like New York. So we'll see. I don't. I don't have the answer. No, definitely. I do agree. I do None of us do, but point. it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a um, you know, it's a scary, filtered world we're living in. <clears throat> in terms of that stuff, you know, it's like what you can say, and people are in the place is probably the worst place. It's like when you're self-correcting. You know, you have an idea. And you're like this. Oh, this is a this is a great idea. And then you go to like tweet it or post it or say something about it. And then all of a sudden you you censor yourself. You're like, eh, I don't know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say that to the world. It's probably you know, not even not like, bad. Like what you're trying to say, no. right? It's like yeah, why, yeah. why am I even thinking about this? Like it's just like I'm having an honest conversation, and I have to think about if I'm going to like offend somebody. So. Yeah, it's a really we're in a strange time when it comes to that stuff. I mean, we did it like with the the podcast la- the other day, just describing pictures. We were like conscious of how we were speaking to describing pictures because it's you don't want to describe it wrong or in an offensive way, and it's weird to be so self censoring. And we're we're just getting started, kids. <laughs> you know, it's yep, like- exactly. So yeah, that's uh, that's it. Sora, it'll it. be it'll be very um cool to follow this and i would expect that obviously now that opening eye has let the cat out of the bag on this one we're going to see the same from you know google and you know any other players in the field i love i love that you still think that uh i love your faith that sora actually created those videos now i'm like completely gone off the end i'm not i'm completely skeptical i don't know if any of those things are real here's the thing um (laughs) those prompts definitely don't work (laughs) yeah so it, it, it might not have but here but there are hallucinations in these things because i've been watching them on a loop and unless they baked in the the hallucinations uh, but it's uh, they're great. They're they're super. They really super are super convincing, really and we'll know we'll know sooner or later. You know what the what the deal is with them. But yeah, I mean, who cares honestly? Because like it's gonna it's gonna come to fruition. So it's gonna if, happen anyway. Yeah, like <laughs> even right. if like, this is like if it's not today, it's gonna happen. It, even if it and that's kind of like the wild thing about this whole thing is because. Again, if like if any of the listeners have have worked in software, had their own startups, like, and I've mentioned this before, the 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 fake it to you make it mentality is is real, right? And you know, even Google when they when they debuted Gemini, like they few days later they came out and said, well, this was this was kind of staged, that was staged, like yeah, like ninety percent of it was 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 real but there's still aspects of the thing that were produced so it's just like the way that it goes so it's it's almost been accepted in a lot of ways and you're seeing it here probably as well i don't know we'll soon find out but regardless it's it's pretty awesome i man i can't wait to see what people actually do with it 
I'm interested to see if it is um, any different in its usage than images from like image LLMs because I don't know. I think that there's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't know many people that really use those for anything like professional grade. But yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I mean, I've seen, it's funny because I, I'm so in tune to, to watching them that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can pick them out pretty quickly, you yeah. know, right now it's, there's definitely, they, but that was what was impressive about the video. That's why I was like, oh my God, like the video is better than the images because yeah. it's like, yeah, there's that first one and it's like with an Asian woman and you know, you see like they do like a close up on her face. Yeah, it's and it's all very, perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. And it, there was actually a place even for the logo. Like it, I thought the sunglasses looked like Ray-Bans and then I looked to see like, oh, is that a Ray-Ban? But it had like some symbol there or something, but it wasn't uh, a brand, but that could easily be a brand. And yeah, you, know, you have your built in advertising model in in the ai already you know based on the relationships with whoever's <laughs> whoever you're working with yeah i mean it's highly personalized programmatical pro programmatic advertising is is going to be is going to be the probably the first and foremost thing that someone's going to build with it right yeah you know it's it's like here's here's all the binary ingredients here's the text here's like the feel here's our here's our demographic boom i mean i mean i'll i could I'm going to build that probably. That sounds like a fun project, actually. <laughs> so. Yeah, it does, actually. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a podcast that we need to do that for. <laughs> mm, exactly. So, you know, I, um, I, I'm loving building on as, as much as I talk smack on open AI sometimes. And it's just, you know, it's like a kind of a love hate relationship with the whole thing because it's, it's really, awesome and powerful and unlocked a whole bunch of new opportunities but on the other hand i am a fan of just being cautious and and not moving too insanely fast but you know like i said we talked about race dynamics in previous episodes so it, yeah. it's going to be a full full fully nitro induced race to whatever is is at the finish line so yeah, I feel like I'm being dragged behind a train right now. It's just like I'm just kind of like I got like held on with one arm, you know. Yeah. Like the train's going by, and I'm just like, all right, I guess we're going this way. Yeah, you know, it's it's wild, but fun. And uh, yeah, man, I think. Uh, all right. Well, talk again next week. <laughs> indeed, that was our our 43 minute rant about Sora. Check it out. Let us know what you think, and thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day.